Hello there and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns and I am so excited to be here with you today. Today is Wednesday, um, April... 12th, I believe, and uh, it might be the 13th, and uh, but it's, today is my Monday, and you know, a lot of times it's hard for me to get going on Mondays, as I'm sure that all of you can relate to, right? And so it feels really good to have this level of excitement, certainly fueled by a little extra caffeine, which is nothing wrong with that, as long as a little bit left of extra caffeine, everything in moderation, right? Um, and when I say extra caffeine, believe me, it is nothing compared to what I used to put in my body. I remember one time going to a uh, um, an acupuncturist, and in that sort of um, you know in the intake form that they have you fill out all the stuff, right? Like what you know pre-existing conditions, what your parents have had, you know all that kind of stuff. You ever had surgery, so on and so forth. And one of the questions is how much coffee do you or how many cups of coffee do you have every day? And I put ten. I mean, I I thought that was maybe even a little you know low, <laughs> right? Because like I'll have easily like five like twenty ounce or six of those, you know? Um, so I, I mean, in, in terms of like a cup of coffee being an eight ounce cup, what is that? I would do, let's say six 20 ounce cups. That's 120 ounces divided by eight. What is that? That's, uh, you know, yeah, that's over 10. <laughs> and I remember the, the acupuncture saying 10, 10 cups of coffee every day. So now, as I've told you all, I drink tea, um, and the strongest tea I have is about like three quarters of a cup of coffee, right? So then that's the strongest one, and there's no way I've had anywhere near 10 of those today. So, so trust me, your guy is just fine in terms of nobody's going to, um, you know, have any damage. Nobody's going to, uh, you know, sustain any damage through this uh, caffeine intake to get this podcast to you today. <laughs> So anyway, um, thank you for, for indulging me with that little introduction and talking about my caffeine intake. I like to, uh, I like to keep you abreast. <laughs> well, I wanted to do a story. I wanted to do a, a podcast today on, um, on a subject that I actually, you know, it's so funny with these, um, uh, you know, TikTok videos, as I've told you all, I do these TikTok videos every day or not quite every day, but you know, but, but frequently I do them. And, um, and then I post the same content to uh, to Instagram and Facebook and everything else. But but on TikTok, it's pretty amazing, you know. It's happened to me like three or four times now, right? Where I've had like pretty viral videos, right? The one that I did just the other day on my Friday, your Sunday. Um, you know, it got like, it's coming up on like 3,000 views, right? I have one that has like over 11,000 views, right? These are big numbers for a guy like me. I'm pretty psyched about it, you know? Um, <laughs> but the thing that's really remarkable about it and really beautiful and says a lot is that the the ones that do that well are the ones that I just sit and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do a video. Why not? You know? And I'll just kind of you know, I, I think of something, yeah, let me do a video about this. Start, go, you know? And those are the ones that, that typically have gone, you know, like really kind of viral. And so 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 on, fr on my Friday, your Sunday, I did a, a post that went pretty viral. As, as I said, it's almost 3,000 views, a couple hundred likes. For me, that's viral. There's people on TikTok who have a lot bigger audience than that. But, but it, for me, it's pretty, uh, it feels pretty uh, substantial, right? And so... Um, and so the topic and, and the reason why I did the video, again, it was very impromptu. It was very sort of spur of the moment, right? Um, 
and and the reason I did it was because I had heard um, or I'd seen rather a cut like three or four videos in the last like two days um, that were all very much have had the same you know message behind them, which I found really fascinating. It just felt very uh, synchronistic, right? That I was I was experiencing all these different videos that were all talking about loving yourself just as you are, right? And so I wanted to do a video about that, right? And so I'm going to share with you in a little more, um, you know, maybe elaboration, a little more depth, you know, what I was talking about on Friday, on my Friday, your Sunday on TikTok, okay, for two, almost 3,000 people, right? Um, and so... And so, so the first thing that, that, you know, first of all, it was not, you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, a, a counter email, right? I was, I was proposing a counter sort of argument to the idea of loving yourself just as you are. Now, there's nothing wrong with loving yourself the way you are. And I would never be someone who'd tell you don't love yourself the way you are, right? And by all means, and part of what the, these videos were getting at was that, <clears throat> You know, we don't need to fix ourselves to become lovable, right? And that's really what they were getting at, right? They're like, you don't need to lose 20 pounds to be lovable. You don't need to get that degree to be lovable. You don't need to, you know, get a new car or get a new purse or get a new uh, pair of shoes or get a new uh, hobby or, or a new side hustle or something like that, right? You don't need any of that in order to be lovable for yourself. Right. That I agree with 100 percent. And 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 really, you know, what what the essence of that is, that there's a lot of forces out there that tell us otherwise. Right. And I talk about this openly with you. You all know that I used to be in the advertising uh, industry and at the very top levels. Right. Like I was working at those ad agencies that you saw on Mad Men. Right. Like I was at the very top of that world, like the true, you know, corporate advertising world. Right. And I know what it's like, <laughs> you know, it is designed to make you feel incomplete. It is designed to make you feel that you're not there yet, right? And that's what they thrive on. That's the whole game in advertising. And it works, <laughs> okay? It works really, really well. Really uh, funny uh, statistic I heard just the other day that uh, 75 or 73%, I think it was, 70-something percent of all advertising in the U.S. is by pharmaceutical companies. Whoa! And what are pharmaceutical companies telling you? Oh, you know, you, it's not okay that you have high blood pressure. Well, of course, it's not okay that you have high blood pressure. But they're saying like, oh, don't worry about, you know, your high blood pressure. Don't don't stop eating pizza. Here, take this pill, right? Or they're telling you, you know, maybe you, um, you know, what other, you know, what other pharmaceutical uh, products are out there, right? It's all about what what you can do with medical enhancement to make yourself better, Right. Now, again, I agree with these people who were posting the other day that there's no making you better. There's no such thing. It does, it's, a false, it's a false premise. It doesn't exist that way. And I'm right here to tell you that, okay? However, okay, and I'm going to tell you a line that I came up with in my TikTok video the other day that, I, quite frankly, I'm very proud of, okay? And this is pretty much what I was saying in the TikTok video is that is that for for many people out there, you know, when you say, OK, love yourself exactly the way you are, you don't have to do anything to, to be lovable. Right. Well, for those of us who have experienced 
high levels of trauma in our lives and then who who live with the this complex post-traumatic stress disorder that comes from that trauma well there's something inherently unlovable now it's very important here that I pause and I and I remind you and I actually made a note here I'm just going to check that I I made a note after my TikTok video um <clears throat> so it's not that there is something unlovable about you or about me who have been through trauma, right? But there is something unlovable about the nervous system, and this is the line, the nervous system we have that has been forged in the fires of trauma. Isn't that a good line? Oh, I was so happy about that one. But that's what it is, right? If, if you, like me, have, have suffered from trauma in your life, well, then there's a, a, your, your nervous system, it's not you, but your system, the way that you process what happens around you and the way you process what happens internally is not like everyone else. <laughs> it is severely slanted. Let's put it that way. It sees emergency where most people see, huh, curious, right? And so there's something unlovable about that, right? Like I know from myself, when I go through a trauma uh, trigger and response, and you know, sometimes that can last for days, even me who's been doing this work for so long, sometimes it can go through days of feeling that, that, that you know, response, to a trigger that happens in my life. You know, and that doesn't mean that for days I'm, you know, hysterically crying and can't function, but for days I'm feeling, you know, affected by that, affected by that, right? And so 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 the thing is, right, that that oftentimes when I'm coming out of this state, you know, there's always some level of guilt involved, right? Because I snapped at people or I yelled or I, you know, back in the day I would have put my fist through a wall or or broken something or, you know, or, or insulted someone or something like that. Like, you know, like just, you know, venting my own anger but taking it out on people around me. That's what I personally used to do. I don't know if that's the way you handle trauma, but that's the way I used to handle trauma. And so in the end, in the, in the aftermath of that, in the wake of that, that, that response, there's guilt. And, and, and the problem is here, and there's somebody who's a listener who I hope you're listening today uh, with the initial CK, um, who, who sent me this, this beautiful, um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, beautiful, it's, it's a pictograph, right? It's, it's an infograph, a pictograph that, that was illustrating the difference between guilt and shame. Okay, and this is the core of what I'm talking about here, because for those of us who who possess this nervous system that was forged in the fires of trauma, this nervous system I have, you know, motivates me to take action when I'm having this trauma response that hurts people around me. And so therefore, instead of feeling the natural and appropriate guilt in that moment, which, yeah, I can feel guilty for what I did. You know, I, I, the difference between guilt is, and shame is that guilt is your performance, an action that you committed, whereas shame is your essence. It's, it's who you are. And that's the problem, right? That when we're in that trauma response or, or 
you know, as a result of the trauma in our lives, we, we have a way of, of personalizing, of identifying with that nervous system response. And therefore, instead of feeling the guilt, which is something that you can get through and you can apologize, you can make amends, you can work it out, we feel shame in those moments. And that's where it becomes something that, is, that, that we feel you know, deeply unlovable. So when you ask someone, oh, just love the, you know, tell someone, just love yourself the way you are, to somebody who's, who struggles with trauma and CPTSD, that ain't so easy. In fact, that could be downright impossible for us. And so the beautiful thing here, and this is the, I think this is why everything went viral, right, is because there's a middle there, there's a, a third way, a middle way, okay? There's a place that's between the self-hate of the, of the identified, you know, shame that we have, right? And there's a difference between that and, or, or in the space between that and the, the love yourself just the way you are, just because, which feels kind of arbitrary, which if it works for you, beautiful. But for those of us with trauma, it's not, that's probably not a, <laughs> that's probably not going to work, right? So this is a place in between those, right? And that place in between those is compassion, right? Specifically self-compassion. In the, the practice of self-compassion, in the act of self-compassion, what we're doing is we're honoring the suffering that this nervous system that was forged in the fires of trauma is doing. We, we, we honor the suffering that it's causing, pardon me. We hold that suffering in the, in the, the caring of our own heart. And we hold it with gentleness and with softness and with, with a, <coughs> pardon me, with a level of, of care. <coughs> pardon me. And so, so the beautiful thing that happens then, right, two really beautiful things happen when we, when we practice in this way, right? Number one is that we start separating ourselves from the nervous system. Right, because it's not you, it's not me, it's the the experiences that we've had. <clears throat> pardon me, that create this. Remember, the the nervous system was forged in the fires of trauma. <clears throat> pardon me, which means that without that trauma, you wouldn't have this nervous system that does all these things that makes you so uncomfortable, that makes you lash out at the people around you, that, that makes you do these things that cause you such shame later on. You wouldn't have it if not for the trauma, folks. That's the thing. It comes from the experience. It is not you. It is not the essential you. It is not, you know, your, it's not how you were born, Although some of this, of course, is intergenerational, you know, you're, if you dealt, if you experienced trauma as a, as a child, there's very, very high uh, percentage uh, probability that your parents experienced trauma, their parents experienced trauma. That's the way trauma works. It's like links in a chain until somebody breaks it, 
which is what we're here to do, right? And so that's where self-compassion comes in, right? Self-compassion allows us again to separate me from this, this thing that my, you know, from the actions that my nervous system motivates me to do. It's, I can disidentify with it. Right. So now I'm looking at it from out here and now it's in for those of you on the uh, on the podcast. I'm just holding my arms out at arm's length like my, you know, my nervous system response feels like it's out here, not completely enveloping me. The Buddhists have a wonderful way of explaining this. And they say that once you can see the raging river, you are no longer in the raging river. OK, and that's the idea, because once we can once we can get to that place of of not being in the raging river but seeing it from a little bit of a removed and detached perspective that's where we are allowed to heal okay because once i i once i realize that it's not me i almost said once i identify that it's not identified <laughs> but but once i identify once i get grasp that that it's not me, right? It's just the way my body, you know, quite frankly, it's the awesome way that my body created this response to, to, to stay safe in a very dangerous situation. And I did it when I was very young and I should be proud of myself for that. I shouldn't hate it, but I don't have to love it either. Because it doesn't serve me. And I think I, I think I got uh, sidetracked as I started telling you. At the tail end of all of these trauma responses, I feel that shame. And, and I often tell, I might start crying here as I'm talking about this. Like recently, I had a pretty bad thing that happened because of, you know, some parents and stuff. And, and, um, and I, I literally said to my wife, I said, I don't want to be in this body anymore. It really sucks to be in this body not because my body's too fat or not because it's getting old, not because of the wrinkles or the gray hair or the eyes. I just had to have an eye exam done and I need new glasses. Not, I don't hate my body for all of that. I hate this nervous system that I have, that I have these, these triggers that come from out of nowhere and they just completely destroy everything. Don't ask me to love that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not going to happen. Frankly, I shouldn't say I hate it either. You know, that there's, a again, a middle ground there too, right? Um, because, and that that's part of what self-compassion is, right? So part of what self-compassion is to notice and to, and to again, hold that suffering that this nervous system creates for me. Hold that in, in a caring and, 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 and loving way. And then realizing that, you know, 25% of the population at large is dealing with a similar kind of suffering that I have. And so that's, the, that's what self-compassion does is it allows us, when we can hold our own suffering, now we notice that this suffering is not isolating me from the rest of the world the way it's always felt like it was doing, but instead it's connecting me to the rest of humanity in a really kind of beautiful way, right? It's connecting me. And as I said, there's generations of suffering that have happened before me in my family that's all trickled down into me. This suffering connects me to all of them. 
And that's something else that's really powerful because, you know, there are times where I feel like, you know, like I literally, you know, want to smash them. I take pictures and want to smash the pictures of my grandparents. How dare you give me this horrible thing? But that's not going to change anything, right? Acceptance is what's going to change it because in the acceptance, that's what self compassion requires, right? It requires we notice and accept the suffering. And then feeling that connection, now that gives me a chance to soothe myself and to make myself feel better through kind words and even, you know, giving myself a hug or, you know, in some trauma work, it's about screaming at the top of your lungs, right? Whatever that thing is that you need, you give it to yourself. And once you've done that, once you've gone through that process of soothing yourself, that's where healing begins. That's where you are allowed to heal from this. That's where you're allowed to uh, let it be and, and, and let yourself experience it fully. And on the other side of that, on the other side of all that feeling it and all that healing it, that is where you can honestly and authentically and naturally love yourself exactly the way you are. Only through that compassion. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow. Schedule's pretty light. Definitely affords it. Uh, so I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, don't know what I'm going to talk about yet, so we'll see what that is. But anyway, thank you for joining me today. I wish you well, and I will be back soon. <laughs> I just told you that. <laughs> I, I, I will welcome the opportunity to speak to you again tomorrow. Take care, everybody. <laughs>